Welcome to Victory Church. Today is our worship service number 142, June 16, 2019. The best way to start our week, worshiping our good Lord God Almighty. I want to invite you, please stand up, let's pray, and prepare our hearts to the songs that we are going to give to our good Lord. And Tracy is getting ready to sing, and I know Bailey also wants to participate in the worship, so let's get ready. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we say to you, Happy Father's Day, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being our dad, and we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. Receive the songs that we bring to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
you have a particular prayer, something very special that you would like to ask the good Lord. What if we do it now? Let's close our eyes and let's go to the good Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in this day that we celebrate Father's Day in an earthly manner, we are aware, Lord, that we were orphans. We were abandoned. We were alone. We were brokenhearted. We were isolated, rejected. We were confused. We were lost. We were nothing. And one day, Lord, you put your eyes on us and saved us. We are here today, Lord, with so much gratitude in our hearts for the miracle of life and the miracle of salvation. Like that song that we just were singing, Father. We want to say to you that we surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to your power. We surrender to your authority. We accept your will. Father, whatever you have for us, we take it. And we accept it, Lord, knowing that we can trust you, Father. Because there is no temptation that is coming into our lives no trial, no tribulation, no problem, no difficulty that you are not allowing it to happen because you, Lord, have a plan for us. And you, Father, are giving us the strength to go through it. During the week, Lord, we face difficulties. Sometimes those difficulties are in our bodies, in our finances, with vehicles, with our relatives different kind of problems, Lord. But we trust in you. We trust in the name of Jesus and we trust in your mercy and, and in your power, Lord. So now here, a group of believers, Lord, some of them in a virtual way, watching and listening and others here present in the church. We all together, we have particular needs that we want to present to you, Lord. Hear the prayers of our hearts, Lord. In the name of Jesus, listen to my brothers and sisters, Lord. And grant us, Lord, our requests. And we trust you, Lord, knowing that you are good. Thank you for filling our hearts with your Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, we are empowered by you to face this week. In Jesus' name, amen. our adoration includes always giving and it's a pleasure it's a it's a blessing to be able to give i don't know if you eventually had that experience going to a birthday party and you forgot the present and when there when you are there with the person and everyone is saying happy birthday happy birthday and everybody is giving the gift you are like oh gosh i forgot the present have you lived that oh that's so uncomfortable right it happens 
But on the other hand, I'm sure that you also have lived experience of going to the birthday party and there is the birthday person and then you are so happy because you didn't forget the present, neither the card. And then you are just like, happy birthday. Because it's not about the kind of gift you are giving, which of course, it, it could be special naturally, but the point is that you remember that you want to give that present to someone because it's his birthday, her birthday. And what a wonderful feeling is that, that we can give and say, happy birthday, I love you. It, it is a wonderful feeling. And, and I give you this analogy when it's the time to give to the Lord because it's exactly what we need to, to see. That is it's our blessing to give to the Lord. It's a blessing for us to share with God. Are, are you listening to what I just said? To share with God part of what we have. But, but you see, it is, it's kind of uh, ironic, you know. Lord, I'm going to share with you <laughs> what what belongs to you, but you are letting me administrate. You, you see how, how interesting is that? But it, it's, it's a fact. And for our viewers, we want to encourage you to do it through our website, pchurch.us. There is a tab there. It says give online. And you can do it also by sending a text message to 432-268-0007. Thank you for the time that you are investing watching this video. Victory Church. We hope that you will enjoy it. Today we are going to have our brother Max sharing with us uh, God's Word. The topic is Everyone is Welcome, which is a beautiful title for a message. But I'm going to invite my brother to come here. And uh, I hope your microphone is going to work. Well, and as you are here, I want to ask our viewers to go to the website bchurch.us and go to the tab bulletins and then you can download the bulletin of this day. And um, this is a beautiful Sunday to be in the house of the Lord. I'm happy that you are here. Very, very happy. And the bulletin that you have, you will see several pictures that are going to be also in the screen. But uh, this is a very encouraging message. Bible League is an organization that operates from Dallas forward area. They have a beautiful purpose, serving the under-resourced church globally through the provision of Bibles, biblical resources, and training to transform lives worldwide through God's Word. Our brother Max Kohaniuk, he is originally from Ukraine. Mm -hmm. He came to America near 20 years ago. He speaks near five languages fluently and uh, participated in the development of the product called Easy to Read Version Bible, which is the one that usually we use here in the church. And um, some of those versions are at the table that he is giving away thanks to the mercies of our good Lord. And we thank you for that, brother. It is my privilege to introduce you, Mr. Max. Thank you. Good morning to you once again. To me, it's such an interesting time to be here standing and speaking in front of you on the Father's Day about the Father. 
I think it's not a coincidence. And uh, when we originally discussed that, and I, I talked to uh, the pastor and said, do you want me to come on the Father's Day? And he said, absolutely. What a great opportunity. So I said, yeah, I can see that uh, it is a great opportunity. So thank you for inviting me here, and thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for your smiles, thank you for your, your hugs, and thank you for being open. I know that you could be doing something else somewhere else right now, but uh, I think the church, the community, the group, the body of Christ is what we should be committed to because of what we were, we were called to do. We all have, I believe we all have our purpose and uh, sometimes we fight that purpose. Sometimes we say, no, it's not the time. No, I'm not equipped. No, I stutter. No, I cannot find the right words. Who am I? Look at me. And this is not the goal. The goal is to listen. The goal is obedience. That is the goal. When I came to this country, like Pastor said, about 20 years ago, I got a job at a minimum wage at a car dealership. I had a degree in linguistics. At that time, I spoke fluently a couple more languages, which I already forgot by this time. Uh, right now, they're gone. But uh, I was a highly educated individual, and I was washing cars and fetching donuts and doing all kinds of stuff that I thought I'd never do in my life. But guess what? Life is tricky. You've got to adjust. Once I was delivering a car to a translation place in South Dallas. And uh, it was, supposedly it was a Christian organization. And uh, I thought to myself, what a good opportunity would it be for me to get a second part-time job maybe as a translator at that place. And I asked to those people if they would have something for me. And they said, no, rudely, very rudely. Said, no, we have nothing. So I came home and I complained to my wife about these unjust people. And she said, you know what? I know of a place. And I said, what do you think? What do you mean I know of a place? I, I was perplexed by it. And she said, our church that I have been going to at that time for about 10 years, has a translation place called World Bible Translation Center. They had been translating the Bibles for, at that time, for about 25 years. So I want you to go and I want you to ask somebody in charge if they would have a job. And I said, okay, let's do it. So I went in, I knocked on the door of the Senior Vice President of Translations, and I said, I'm such and such, I have these degrees, I have these languages, would you have anything for me? He looked at me, he smiled and said, do you know what? We were praying for you yesterday. And I said, what do you mean you were praying for me yesterday? I was perplexed again. And he said, we have a devotional every Thursday. And our board of directors decided to proofread the Ukrainian Bible. And we prayed yesterday at the devotional for God to send us somebody who would be fluent in Ukrainian and would do the work. And the only thing I could say, here I am. 
By 2007, they decided to proofread the Russian Bible, which I took a part of as well. And by 2011, World Bible Translation Center merged with World Bible League International, and I became the director of the translation services. You make this stuff up, you don't have not enough imagination. But God works in mysterious ways. Look at your own lives. How did you get here? Their brokenness, their sin, their suffering, through somebody's shoulder to cry on, through somebody's strong and encouraging word when you really needed it. And then somebody said, don't worry, it's going to be fine. But do you realize that at that moment, it was not that person who was talking to you, it was the Lord who was talking to you. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. This is how I came to Bible League International. There are many people with wonderful stories. And my story is not anything extraordinary because all of you have, have this story to share. But this is what happens when you say yes and God takes you along with him. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what I've seen around the world with Bible League International. Uh, this organization, like Pastor said, is, uh, uh, it's in about 50 countries all over the world. And what it's doing is uh, it's providing the scriptures, materials, Bibles, and training to every church that needs growth. And it may not be under-resourced, just growth. We go and we help people, we help pastors and common people to become more open, become more willing, and become more eager to bring more people into their churches. And that is going to be the message of today's uh, um, uh, sermon, but I do not really want to call it a sermon. I, I want to call it an encouraging meeting. Because our job is to go out there and say, you're invited, you're welcome. Wherever you're at, yesterday we were at Baskin-Robbins and the pastor came up to a couple and said, you know what, here's my card. Do you mind attending the church service? Just as simple as that. This is what we're called to do. And uh, I provided some examples of the churches that I've seen uh, throughout my, my work. Uh, this is uh, a church in, in the Netherlands, which was an incredible church. But I want you, before I go further, I want you, I'm going to pause for a second. And I want you to think, what do you, what's the first thing that comes to you, to your mind, whenever you say, let's go to church? You probably thought of a building, right? You probably thought of the man-made walls that just... It's an obligation. We have to go to church. But I would encourage you to think of a church a little bit differently. This is one of the examples of the church. How about this church? And trust me, it is the church. That is the church on the, on the outskirts of Port-au-Prince in Haiti. Their music is fed from a battery, car battery. No mics, just one guitar fed off the battery. Their outhouse is a hole in the ground with a little partition 
to cover you up to this point, and this is it. Every time there's a hurricane or wind blows, this is gone. And they rebuild it, each and every time. And I asked the pastor, I said, how many times have you rebuilt this church? He said, oh, five or six times. And he told it, told it to me, like, did you have coffee today? He said, yeah. You know, it was that simple. Oh, yeah, sure, five, six times. We'll rebuild it. And we'll rebuild it again. How about this church? This is a church in Bangladesh. These are only women who are coming to the church. Their men forbid them to come to the church. What they do is the study, they start off with the uh, program called literacy, Bible-based literacy, and what they do is they educate themselves because by law, they're forbidden to study, they're forbidden to say no to their husbands, they're forbidden to even raise their voice if they're not allowed to. One of the women, they, they told us the story, one of the women, uh, she, when she started this group, when she contacted our, uh, our office uh, in Bangladesh, uh, she did it against the will of the elders in the, in, in the community, in the village. So the elders brought in hot water, boiling hot water, and poured it on her back just to avenge the disobedience. And she's there amongst one, one of those women. This is the church. How about this? Is this a church? That is a jail cell uh, in Illinois. It's Winnebago County Jail. Never ever had they allowed us to come with cameras in, in the prison setting. And when those uh, 25 prisoners filed in into the church, it felt like a reunion. I'm I told you, I've never ever in my life sat in between a murderer and a rapist. And guess what? Despite that, it felt like a family reunion. Everybody had smiles, everybody had hugs, everybody was happy to see you. And then we, when we walked out, there were prisoners filing into the uh, uh, place where they eat. And it was very palpable. The evil there was palpable. It was hard to stay away from it. And I thought to myself, what an incredible difference between this pod, where it felt like a family reunion, and this pod where it felt evil. And what is the difference? Because somebody got up and said, you know what? I care. I want to take the gospel. So next time uh, the mighty Lord is calling you to get up, don't fight. Just get up. He'll make you anyway. You're just prolonging the inevitable. Just get up and go. It's going to be easier for you. And this is why I say, all of those people, they could have been by themselves. They could have been unreached. But what we have to do is to remember that the church is the people. The people are his sacred bride. And this is uh, part of the uh, Ephesians. Is... Uh, that is standing in front of him in her beauty. That is how Christ and the apostles described the church as the bride in the shining, shining gown. What does it mean? Ecclesia. It means the called out people, his consecrated ones. I love this, pass, uh, this verse. Like I said, it's inevitable. You fight it or you don't fight it. 
listen to this, to this verse. The world will be full of knowledge about him, like the sea full of water. Recently, I read uh, a study. A religious organization went around the Middle Eastern countries. They went through five or six countries, and they started asking questions. They said, are you a Christian in the Middle East? Are you a Christian? They said, okay. they said of course not. We're Muslims. And they said, why are you not a Christian? And they provided a list of reasons why you're not a Christian. Do you know the number one reason why they were not Christians? Because nobody talked to them. None of the Christians ever invited them to come to the church. Number one reason. In the Middle East, do you realize that the same situation is here as well? People are not coming to the church because they're not invited. And our purpose is to invite them. Those are the engagement scriptures. Brother, I know you are in a tough streak in life. I know you're struggling. You cannot win it alone. Let me help you. Do you want to read the gospel with me? Share what is on your mind. Share what's on your heart. Let's sit down together. Let's see. I guarantee you there are answers in the Bible, but I do not want to be all religious. You read it, and you feel, you tell me what you're feeling when you're reading these, these verses. And I guarantee you, it's not you who's going to be doing the work. It's God who's going to be transforming the heart of that person right in front of you. This is when I had an epiphany. That is uh, a church in Nicaragua. And this is right out on the outskirts of Managua. Uh, we were coming to visit a bigger church, but the pastor, by that time, uh, when we were ready to visit the church, the pastor left the bigger church because he planted it. It was right downhill, uh, about 45 minutes uh, at the bottom of the mountain. And he said, I already planted a smaller church, a different church, so we're going to go to a different church uphill. So it was a very treacherous 45-minute ride uphill, and it rains all the time in Managua, so the roads were completely eroded. That car was jumping up and down through the ruts, and there were seven of us. So they put me to the side, and I kept hitting my head on, on the roof of the car. So by the time we got to the church, I had a terrible headache. But when we got there... The first sentence when I was coming up the hill, I heard very distinctly in Spanish, he, uh, there was a sentence, la iglesia sin paredes. And I thought to myself, is he making fun of his own church? Because there were only two walls built. And the, what he was saying in Spanish, the church without walls. And I was thinking, how is it possible that a pastor would make fun of his own church? And later on, as I was uh, coming up, as I was going uphill, he was reading this scripture. There were about 5,000 men there. Jesus said to his followers, tell the people to sit in groups of about 50 people. So the followers did this, and everyone sat down. Then Jesus took the five loaves of bread and two fish. He looked up in the sky, and he thanked God for the food. Then he broke it into pieces, which he gave to his followers to give to the people. 
Then he stopped for a second. The pastor stopped that moment for a second and said, at that moment when Jesus was walking around the people, among the people, giving them bread, teaching them, pastoring, mentoring them, do you think at that very moment that was church? The answer is yes. The answer is, does it really matter what the roof looks like? Does it really matter how many walls the church has? The answer is it doesn't. What does matter is the church is the people's desire to go out and to bring more people into the church. And this is uh, why we have these scriptures. This is what we encourage people to do. You know somebody who is struggling. I know you do. You know somebody who is needing that help in hand because you've been there. You've gone through your own brokenness prior to that. You know how it feels. And you know how it feels when somebody is lending you that hand. These are the viable tools to go and to reach those people. This is why I'm telling you, everyone is invited and everyone is welcome to this church. Yes, and if two or three people are together believing in me, I'm there with them. Always remember that. I like this, uh, this uh, uh, scripture very much. It's uh, from the book of Romans 1.5. Uh, Through Jesus, God showed, showed me his kindness. He gave me the authority to go to the people of all nations and lead them to trust and obey him. His work is all for him. God has chosen you, you, to belong to Jesus Christ. This is a, a place in, a, in the very poor neighborhood outside of Buenos Aires. Uh, these are the kids of drug addicts, prostitutes, people who are in jail, People who simply don't care about the kids. And one of the guys who was one of those kids about 20 years ago decided that enough is enough. He decided that God called him to do something different. So what he did was he purchased a plot of land using the money that he is getting from a thrift store. He goes around the neighborhood, picks up junk, fixes it up, sells it at that thrift store, and feeds these kids three times a day by himself. Costs them an arm and a leg, literally so expensive, they cannot afford even that. A little, uh, little piece of a cookie and some milk. But this is more than those kids eat in three days. And he's caring for them. And not is he just simply caring for them. He decided to do Project Philip with the kids. One of those engagement materials, the life of Jesus that you see right there, that is the engagement material for the kids. And he is reading the gospel with them through the easy-to-read version. The version that the Latin America has right now is Reina Valera, which is a very complex version to understand. It has a lot of archaic words, and the language that is being used is not easily understandable by the kids. So he is using, he requested Bible League to come and do Project Philip with those kids, and on top of being nourished physically, 
They're nourished spiritually. This kid, you do not, you, it's very hard to see from the distance, but if you zoom onto his hands, if you look at his hands, his hands are like the hands of, a, of an 85, 90-year-old. They're so worn out because of the digging through trash. These kids eat from the trash cans all day long. The, the nourishment is so scarce. This is how they fend for themselves. I looked at his hands and I couldn't believe it was dirt, wrinkles, being worn out. And he's about eight years old. And he's already reading the life of Jesus. This is what uh, Jorge told me when we we're sitting there. He said, in three or four years from now, it will be too late. These children will be consumed by drugs and crime. Many of them will not even see the old age. Our duty is to help them now. The next day we went to the prison in Buenos Aires and we saw the, the adolescents in that prison. We saw what it is when it's too late. That's why we have to catch them before that happens. But what I will encourage you to do, you don't have to go 1,000 miles or 10,000 miles away to do the work. The work is here. The work is with us. The work is all around us. We, all we have to do is reach out and answer the call. Uh, this is something that um, I was really encouraged and inspired by. Um, one of our directors uh, from Argentina sent me this email and he said, Max, you wouldn't believe what just happened to me. And uh, we got on the phone, and uh, he, with very prideful Argentinian demeanor, he told me about this story. He said, I just came uh, from uh, a meeting with the head of all Argentinian prisons. And what they told us is that they invited us to go and... Uh, receive a special award for our work. That award is right there on the right-hand side. What they did was we started doing Project Philip in, within the prison setting in Buenos Aires. And the program was working so well that they've set aside all the people who had gone through Project Philip in a special place without walls. They have no guards. They have no uh, times where they have to go to bed. It's all free. They walk and from cell to cell. They minister to each other. They basically serve their time until the end. And the email there states that uh, when they were giving uh, Bible League Argentina uh, this award, what they said was, uh, out of 12,000 people, who had gone through Project Philip within a prison setting, only 4% return to the prison setting. Whereas those who don't go through Project Philip, 80% return to prison. So on the bottom it says, please do not stop coming. Please remember that those prisoners but of the circumstances, addictions, our own prejudices, our, how we do things, our customs, 
are all around us, we have to help those people get out of the situation. Uh, this is a story about a, uh, this is a Cambodian church that went uh, through uh, church planner training in, in California. They're all first generation Cambodians who fled the Khmer Rouge regime in 1978. They walked from Cambodia to the Thai border for nine months straight through the rain season, through the dry season, through incredible starvation, through the mines, because when the Khmer Rouge was retreating, uh, they set up the mines. They said we would go, and all of a sudden there was an explosion, and five or six of us are gone. And we would go. And he said, my mother was on my side for nine months, and we, when we got to the Thai border, my mother passed away, right there on the Thai border. I buried her there because she couldn't go further. Well, he said, when we got to, to Thailand and there was Red Cross and we got to the United States, we immediately knew that we had to do something with our lives. So they enrolled in the church and then he pulled out the phone and he said, do you see, this is my grandson. If it hadn't been for Jesus protecting me during that time of walking, I would have never seen my grandson. I asked him, I said, do you know how you're going to use Project Philip from this point on? And he said, yes, I do. I said, what is it going to be? He said, I am going to uh, Cambodia, and we're going to do Project Philip with the Khmer Rouge families because they're ostracized. They live in special enclaves because they're hated. We're going to do, go there and do Project Philip with them. And I said, you're going to do Project Philip with the people who killed you? Who tortured you? Who starved you to death? And he said, yes, I, yes, we do. This is what we're going to do. I said, you have that much forgiveness for them? He said, absolutely. I'm telling you, whatever we're holding on to is much smaller than the Lord who's pushing behind us. And this is why I want you again to remember that no matter the person, no matter the situation, everybody is welcome into the church and everybody is invited. I want to say that I thank my God through Jesus, this is what Paul is saying, that for, for all of you. I thank you because the people everywhere in the world are talking about your great faith. And this is my vision if you were to ask me, what does the heaven look like? This, I think, is the scripture that portrays heaven. I always think, would, would there be cars in heaven? I love cars. Would there be food in heaven? I love food. I like to eat. The fact of the matter is, that is not important. But this is what's important. I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to soak it in. Then I looked, and there was a large crowd of people. There were so many people that no one could count them all. They were from every nation, every tribe, race of people, language of the earth. They were standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They all wore white robes and held palm branches in their hands. They shouted loudly, We're saved by our God who sits on the throne and by the Lamb. I want you to have this picture 
of heaven. And guess what? If somebody comes to you and starts stepping on your shoulder and says, remember, you brought me here? I want you to feel proud of it because you are the part of his church. I want to thank you again for your attention. I want to thank you for, for coming here. If you have any questions, uh, Pastor and I are going to be here. Thank you again, Pastor, for allowing me this opportunity. If you would like some of the uh, scriptures, please, please feel free to get them. If you want the Bible and you cannot get the Bible, go to the App Store and you type in Bible League. You can download the ERV Bible with complete searchable function. You can do it either by word. You just type in the word and it will pull up all the verses by word or by verse. Completely searchable. You can get the Bible, the ERV Bible, through the app literally within seconds. So I would encourage you to, to do that as well. And if you have any more questions, I'm going to be here to answer. If you have some more questions further on, uh, the pastor will be more than happy to contact me. And I'll, I would love to do Project Philip here to equip and empower you so that you could go and bring more people. And the next time I come here, there would be a, a, another building right next door for 5,000 people. Can we do that? Okay, sure. <laughs> Thank you very much again for your attention. And uh, um, let's work together. Thank you so much, Brian Max. Some people do not know how to be part of a church, and some people will think, well, should I need to fill out an application form or something like that? Some people don't know how to, to be part of the church. And uh, it's very simple. All that we need to do, my friend, you are watching, you are wondering, how can I be part of the church? How can I be certain that one day I will be in heaven, being part of that large crowd? So what is, what is what we can do about that? And uh, the answer is just by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. All that you have to do is give your life to Him. And uh, a simple method is by praying. So there is on the screen a prayer. Read it with me. Dear God, I really want to be part of your church. I need to be part of your kingdom. I need you, Heavenly Father. I have to make some changes in my life. I surrender to you, Lord. I love you, God. Please help me to become the person that you want me to be in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord, to understand that this local church is a great place to start or restart my Christian life. Please, Lord, help me to be faithful to you and to my church. And it's through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ that we experience salvation. So by faith in the name of Jesus, receive the forgiveness of your sins. And like we all say here in the church, I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. My life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2019. Friends, thank you so much for coming up to church. And you are blessed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have a beautiful Sunday. And again, happy Father's Day. See you Sunday. Amen. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know.
We appreciate so much your time invested with Victory Church in Odessa, Texas.